G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. We're a church that's all about knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit anglicandolby.org.au. This week's sermon is entitled, Where's the Joy in Repentance? And it's part of our Empty Field series, and it focuses on the book of Philemon. We hope you enjoy the sermon. The reading is from Philemon, beginning at the first verse. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, also to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is as none other than Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me, so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favour you do would not seem forced, but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated for you for a little while was that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. 
Hear the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Well, over the last four weeks, we've been traveling through Lent, looking at how God empties and fills us through spiritual disciplines like fasting and prayer. Today, we're going to look at probably the most uncomfortable part of being emptied and filled by God, repentance. Repentance is a sailing term. In the past, a ship's captain would shout, repent, and the crew knew exactly what to do. They knew that that meant that they needed to turn the boat 180 degrees. Today, we're looking at where's the joy in repentance, which is a bit like saying, where's the joy in having a root canal? Although at first glance, it might seem like it's more pain than joy, we're going to examine this real joy through the book of Philemon, a little-known letter at the back of the New Testament. Philemon, a guy, in Philemon verse 7, a guy named Paul, the Apostle Paul, addresses his friend Philemon and says, Your love has given me great joy and encouragement, because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. And so today we're going to go down a path of repentance, and I've written you another acrostic poem, and um, if you've been driving past the, the Lutheran church, they've got their own acrostic poem uh, for Lent, so it seems like this is a, a Lent thing that a lot of the churches are doing. But repentance, I, I could have made it a 10.7 and made it repentance, but instead we're, we're going with the five, six-point sermon. <laughs> so repentance is about recognising the gravity of my sin. Encountering God with sincerity, pledging to change, embarking on a new way of life, and never turning back to sin again. And finally, about telling my story to the world. So as we jump into the story of Philemon, let's set the scene. 1900 years ago, a slave named Onesimus ran away from his master, Philemon. Owning slaves at the time was as normal as driving a car or taking out a bank loan. The economy relied on slavery. If your family ran out of money, you could sell yourself into slavery to help pay off your debt, and a rich landowner would often take care of you and your family. Some slaves were given an education and a high status. You see this in the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis. But sadly, there was still abuse. Masters took advantage of their slaves, and slaves sometimes ran away from their masters, stealing from them in the process. This is what happened with Onesimus, who escaped from Philemon, stealing from him in order to pay for his journey. And this is where things get interesting. While on the run, Onesimus encounters Paul, And as Onesimus cares for Paul in jail, he is confronted by the gravity of his sin. He repents and becomes a Christian. He turns to Christ. Now, even though slavery is wrong, and even though Onesimus had been set free in Christ, he realized that he had stolen from Philemon. The problem is, he can't just go back to Philemon, his old slave master, because escaped slaves got the death penalty. And this is where Paul recognizes the gravity of his sins. 
He's been tolerating slavery. Okay, everyone does it, but actually, it's not okay. And some of the leaders in the church, people like Philemon, are keeping slaves, and they think it's okay. They've been set free by Christ, and yet they're not setting others free. Paul and Philemon find themselves crashing into the power of the gospel. The fact that Jesus has died and rose again, freeing them from their sins, means everything needs to change. And this is the next step of repentance. It's encountering God with sincerity. You can imagine Paul and Winnesimus coming before God in prayer. Winnesimus might be saying, God, I know I've sinned, but if I go back, I'll be killed. So much for my new life in Christ... Or Paul praying, God, sure, Winnesimus needs to change, but I need him to take care of me while I'm in prison. What good would it do if Philemon, a new leader in the church, puts a new Christian like Winnesimus to death? And this is where the Holy Spirit rocks up and hits this conundrum for six. The Holy Spirit inspires Paul to write a letter. And it's an absolute cracker. It lays out for Philemon who he is in Christ, how he refreshes the hearts of so many, and how he has been set free by Christ. Paul writes, I always thank my God as I remember you, Philemon, in my prayers because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. The letter goes on, talking Philemon up, but then it goes for the jugular. Paul knows and loves Philemon too. And so he isn't trying to embarrass him or demand he free his slave while this letter is being read in front of a whole church. Instead, he ever so subtly confronts Philemon with his sin and lets God speak into his life. He says this, Therefore, though in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is as none other than Paul, an old man and now a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son, Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, But now he has become useful both to you and to me. The wordplay here is absolutely divine. The name Onesimus means useful. And here Philemon is confronted by the fact that the useless runaway slave who robbed him is now usefully helping Paul in sharing the good news of Jesus. Paul goes so far as to say, perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. This is crazy talk. In a world where slavery is normal, but here the whole community is having a sincere encounter with God. 
the God of freedom, who is asking us all to change. Paul, Onesimus, and Philemon are encountering God, and it is rocking their worlds. And here we see repentance isn't just about saying sorry. Like Scott said in the kids' video, it's about living it out. Onesimus is pledging to change. Paul is pledging to change. And now Philemon (coughs) is respectfully being challenged to follow. And guess who is tasked with carrying this dynamite letter to Philemon? Guess who carries this letter to the slave master? Onesimus. He's carrying the letter that might bring him freedom or might take him to his death. He's pledging to change and turn his life around and he's putting his life in God's hands. Paul also pledges to God that he will do everything in his power to help both slave and master, Onesimus and Philemon. He's risking his relationship with a powerful church leader and supporter. And he's risking the church in Colossae, which Philemon and his wife Apphia led. He's also risking... One of his greatest supporters in Philemon in, and Winnesimus. And everyone has skin in the game. This could go marvelously pear-shaped. Philemon could, could, could have Winnesimus arrested um, and he could accuse Paul of using his position of power in the church to break Roman laws. The church in Colossae could break up completely, some following Philemon, the guy on the ground, or some following Paul, the person who first taught them about Jesus. Onesimus could die. But this is the risk we take in repentance. Pledging to to change takes time, energy, and a lot of humble pie. And yet there is joy too to be mined here. There is joy in being wrong, in making promises to God and to the people around you. Because this is where new life is found. As Paul and Co. go through this process of repentance, they embark on a new way of life. Up until this moment in history, slavery had never really been challenged. Sure, slaves had run away or been set free, but Paul argues for slaves to be treated as people rather than property. It's a cosmic shift. He writes, Winesimus is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. Repentance is about humbling ourselves enough to embrace the new life offered in Christ. Paul won't pressure Philemon to forgive Onesimus. He says, I do not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favor you do would not be seen as forced, but would be voluntary. God is a gentleman. He'll knock on your door, but he'll never let himself in. Paul and Winesimus have embraced their new life in Christ and the risks and responsibilities knowing Jesus brings. And now they invite Philemon to join them too. It's often assumed that Philemon is the bad guy. 
but it's possible that he treated Winnesimus well. It's possible that greed got the better of Winnesimus. And like an employee stealing from their boss, Winnesimus made off with everything he could take. This is why Paul says in verse 18, if he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. You see how everyone is being rocked by the gospel and discovering what it demands in a new way of life. One of the final aspects of this new life is that repentance asks us to commit to never turning back to sin again. Naturally, we all know that this is hard. And if you've ever tried to kick a habit, you'll know that you will fall down and need to get up again, again and again. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit to live our best lives. Yes, we live in a broken world, and as long as we live on this side of heaven, we will continue to sin and fall short of the glory of God. That's why we repent. We say sorry to God every single Sunday in church. It's an act of defiance rather than giving up. But although we repent repeatedly, we need to recognize that every time we repent, we need to turn away from sin. We need to renew our commitment of never turning to sin again. If I hurt you, repentance is about committing to never hurt you again. This is why relationships thrive on repentance. Saying sorry, experiencing forgiveness, and establishing a relationship of trust helps relationships to flow. God loves us and lets us off the hook again and again. But to accept God's forgiveness without turning away from sin is just wrong. It's been said that you need to kill sin before sin kills you. This is why Paul writes, I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. There's joy and refreshment. There's joy in never turning back to sin again. And that brings us to our final aspect of repentance. Telling my story of freedom. Now, hopefully, if you've been following this story, and I know it's a bit like a, a soap opera, the, the, the storyline is very complex. But hopefully, if you've been following this story, you'll be asking us yourself, okay, David, this is nice. Um, Paul writes a really cute letter, but do we have any proof that Philemon did forgive Winesimus? Do we have any proof that Winesimus survived? And to that question, I would answer, well, well, no, inside the letter, we don't have any proof, any evidence that any of this happened. Paul was confident Philemon would obey, but within the letter, there is no evidence that Winesimus was set free. However, the letter itself is evidence that what Paul had 
hoped would happen did happen. The fact that the letter survived and didn't get thrown in the bin suggests that Philemon not only read the letter, but he read it to his church. Philemon most likely forgave Onesimus, treated him like a brother, and together they told their story of freedom, the freedom that they had found in repentance. This tiny, power-packed letter is a letter of joy because here we see God using the lives of a slave, his master, and a jailed pastor to undo slavery. History shows us that gradually Christians began to speak out against slavery and continue to do so today. Church fathers like Augustine and Christosom began to condemn slavery, even though culturally they were thrown out of town. And then people like John Newton and William Wilberforce began to tackle slavery based on the teachings of the Bible and books like Philemon. Harriet Tubman, who is um, pictured there, was a great abolitionist. And she used to shout, Glory to God and Jesus too. One more soul is safe. As she helped escaped slaves across the border from the United States into Canada and into freedom. Friends, the book of Philemon is a story of freedom. But this story doesn't just challenge slavery. It challenges the way we enslave ourselves to sin. I'd love some snappy application to finish with today, but ultimately, the way you need to repent is unique to you. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you recognize the gravity of your sin. You need to encounter God with sincerity based on what you need to repent of in your life. You need to pledge to change, embark on a new way of life. You need to commit to never turning back to sin again. And once you reach that destination, you can tell your story of freedom. There is joy found in repentance. It's a hard journey, but it's there. So I want to finish with a poem um, by Rosamond E. Herklotz. It says this. Forgive our sins as we forgive. You taught us, Lord, to pray. But you alone can grant us grace to live the words we say. How can your pardon reach and bless the unforgiving heart that broods on wrongs and will not let old bitterness depart? In blazing light, your cross reveals the truth we dimly knew. How trifling others' debts to us how great our debt to you. Lord, cleanse the depths within our souls and bid resentment cease. Then by your mercy reconciled, our lives will spread your peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.